got the dummies, Ben and JJ, coming at you with wisdom from the Bible and beyond. This is Dummies with Wisdom. Coming at you from both coasts of this great nation, the left and the right. Ooh, the blue and the red. You've got the dummies coming at you live two and a half months ago. (laughs) Two and a half months. With another episode. (laughs) Plus, yeah, plus an episode. (laughs) (laughs) So our uh, just amazing question for today that, uh, of course, we came up with, uh, send us your questions. As a plug, it is good. People have been our question. We appreciated that we have we have gotten a few questions, and we are uh, they're coming up. We are grateful for just those. Not on we this are, one. Uh, yeah, just not on this one. <laughs> we're we're gonna do a set a set of few episodes here. We're gonna do about four of them here that all kind of um, piggyback off each other. But we're gonna start today with the question of: Is practical theology more about what we oppose or what we support? For those of you who might not know what that even means, uh, practical theology is. It's theology, but it's the the stuff that is practical. So you've got like biblical theology where it's tracing a theme throughout the Bible. You've got systematic theology that's asking a question of what does the Bible say about demons? Sure. Sure. Uh, Practical theology is more, you know, what would kind of really what this podcast is about, just the practical side of what the Bible says and how we take that theology and make it practical. So is that more about what we oppose or what we support? So this question kind of came from, we saw just in kind of the the big Christian church um, viewpoint, there was a lot of areas that we see that Christians as a whole kind of go in on, whether certain topics, they kind of go in completely against it or they come in completely for it. And so, um, again, just as Ben was talk- kind of talking about, we're just going to kind of break down just a couple topics as examples um, of kind of what we're thinking, and then how should we approach our practical day-to-day, the day-to-day things that we run into, are those things that we need to be in more opposition toward, or the, or is it something that there are aspects of which that we need, that we need to be more for? I, I think that's, that's right on, because there as by and large, we're going to be for something or we're going to be against something. Now, naturally, just, you know, by logic standpoint, if you're against something, then you are opposed to its opposite. But you're, but you're going to be primarily one way or the other. So let, let, why, don't, why don't we just start by, by talking a little bit about topics that the church has historically, or at least in modern times, maybe not you know, throughout its history, but modern historical, been against rather than, than sure. for the opposite. I think the uh, the best one right now. We are recording this, you know, as uh, the the challenge to Roe v. Wade is going through the Supreme Court with the Mississippi law. So I think abortion is a, is a is a very key one, especially in today's age. Something that the church tends to be against rather than for its opposite, and with valid reason. I think as a believer, and we've kind of, we've kind of touched on this in a couple of topics, or sorry, a couple of um, podcasts, but. If you heard what we've talked about, and I think if you read scripture, it's pretty obvious that the biggest part of abortion is obviously the killing of babies that we believe are created in the image of God and are have purpose. They have something working toward, and we believe that they are human. Obviously, the church, for good reason, has always been against the killing of human ba- human babies, and in today's culture, that comes out as 
abortion, whereas historically it's come out as there's been a whole variety of different ways that the world has found ways to kill babies. Right. And as a secondary point to what we're talking about, I think that we need to recognize that anything that we are for, we should be against its opposite. And anything mm-hmm. we, that we are opposed to, we should be for its opposite. We mm-hmm. need to make sure everything's a two-way street. And like with abortion, we want to be, uh, yes, against the killing of babies, but we also want to be, you know, for mm-hmm. the single mom at church that, right. um, you know, her, you know, she's 17, got pregnant by her boyfriend, you know, look, recognize the sin, but also for the uh you know the birth of the baby we can't just be opposed to abortion but then hang out let everybody hang out to dry mm-hmm. as as they try to pursue what is the righteous option in in anything dealing right. with uh with with a pregnancy and then kind of on that topic i think there's been a lot of there's been a lot of instances that the church kind of like what you're talking about in our in our you know uh desire for justice we have so attacked that um, that topic that we've not been afore, like what you said, for the single mom, for maybe even the the baby that was born. Maybe if it wasn't abortion, that as a church we have we have failed on kind of the social justice aspect of it or the reality of that um, sure. to actually be of help and be the body of Christ and be the hands and feet of Jesus for that person. And I think that also spills into a lot of me and Ben have also talked about a lot about identity. And yes, like as a church, we are very much against things that are not that do not ground yourself in Christ, that do not identify yourself in Christ, and especially in culture today, there's a lot of that. So there's a lot of um, LGBTQ or, uh, well, really, actually, that kind of sums it up, huh? Oh, <laughs> LGBTQ. Yeah, po- political um, parties. On that. But poli- yeah, again, like putting yourself Where into, you stand on the vaccine even can be taken yeah, to that level. Especially now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of identity in uh, your nation, a lot of identity in maybe your state or, uh, you know, you identify yourself as. Um, let's go Brandon. Bus- yeah, let's go Brandon. Maybe, maybe you identify yourself as a business person. Um, you identify yourself and what you're good at. Uh, and so we ca- I'm, we're, I'm saying this just because, you know, I think LGBTQ screams itself, but also there are a lot of. Um, other identity issues that we have just as people that yes we need to be against but like why would we be for something in that realm what is something that we could be for in that realm I yeah say. We, we should be for people putting their identity in christ i mean that's that's why we're opposed to the to everything else yes there's the sin of well going to the lgbt stuff there is yeah. the sin of homosexuality and stuff but it's all about we yes we need to be against all that stuff and I think that that's rightfully so that we're against the identity sin or the sin of misplaced identity, but we need to be also for people putting their identity in Christ. And even within mm. the church, I think we have a lot of uh, sin of just misplaced identity. I mean, yeah. you and me included, I think that's something that we all struggle with, at least at time to time, not seeing ourselves in Christ, but seeing ourselves in our job, in our career, in our, you know, I mean, something even maybe as small as, Hey, we have a podcast. I mean, could yeah. be something that you that that we we could uh, misplace our identity, and so we also need to push push people to see their their identity in Christ and what all that means. And through that, uh, oftentimes, since we're against the uh, the sin, if we're for pushing people to Christ, a lot of times, well, all the time, that's gonna affect who your your sin issues because you no longer have the identity sin. You've you've replaced it with Christ. I think another uh, good, good, uh, 
I think another good example of this is the church's view on sex and especially uh, premarital sex. Sure. Um, and this one, I think I've, I've seen a lot of hurt come out of this. I think a lot of it is it's, it's, it's two sided. There's a lot of hurt going against, uh, people involved. Um, and then there's also been a lot of, um, what's the right word? Miss, uh, not misuse, but like taking advantage of when it comes to like sex within the church. But either way, there's been a lot of confusion and hurt. Yes, this I think there's something to say about sex of any kind before marriage. However, what I think we need to be for is, and I think we're going to talk about this in just a second um, with some of the stuff that we are for the church is like, what is sex? Like a better explanation of what it is, a better teaching of what it is a better um, understanding of who, again, going back to that identity. And I think what you said, I really liked what you said. And just to piggyback on that is I think believers, we struggle with that too in our identity. And that isn't emphasized as much in the church. And I think that kind of leads into a lot of the stuff with premarital sex as well. And so an an understanding of, you know, we're not going to go into that on this podcast, but like, what is sex? What is its purpose? What does it do? And how are we, better for it in christ what is it what is its role play not just in our lives but in again the community of believers and so um again sex is yes it is something that we need to be against but again we need to be for like really explaining it well but then also being gentle and um graceful when people do fail in those areas Right, exactly, and, and even in that, with with everything, I agree with everything you said, and I I think that it's uh, um, also just being for sexual expression within you know the context of marriage and everything. We are oftentimes are so far against premarital sex, which again yeah. should be, and especially in a hypersexualized culture, I completely agree with that. But we also need to be very much for it in marriage. So kind of those those are three topics that we. Uh, and if I can, best. sorry, just real quick. And if I can, again, something that we have not been for in all three of those topics um, is none of those are going to condemn you forever to hell. Um, there's that. There's a really famous meme that went around, and it's like it's like it's this really old video, and the kid they're in like this classroom, and the kid's like, "What if I wanted to have sex before I'm married?" And the teacher gets up there, or the Sunday school teacher, whoever it was, and she goes, "Well, I guess you better be ready to die." And like that's like it's, it's become super viral, but I think that's valid because like again, if you've had an abortion, that does not you are not outside the grace of Jesus. If you um, identify as something outside of what Christ has made you in, that doesn't bring you outside of the realm of the grace of Christ. If you've had premarital sex, that doesn't bring you outside of the grace of Christ. None of those do. Like you are all like the Lord is always chasing you. The Lord is always ready to um, come after you in those moments. And so I think that's another thing just to round out all three of those points, like something that we need to be um, for as well um, as the body of Christ. Right. Right. And just just for clarity there, we're not downplaying the sin at all. Just saying that it's not past the point of able to be you're not past the point of being able to be redeemed. So those are those are um, three areas that the church has historically been against. 
rather than an area for. Let's talk about a couple uh, topics that the church has been more historically for rather than against. Sure. Um, I think the first one, a good one, is being so much for theology that we're against intellect. And this is not done purposefully, typically. But when you think about it, uh, we were just talking earlier that how many sermons have we heard about who uh, who does the Bible say God is? God is uh, loving. God is forgiving. You know, but then we've never we never really talk about okay, but why do we care what the Bible says? Is what the Bible says true? How do we know that? Is there even a God? The Bible says there is, but again, mm-hmm. if if the Bible might not be true, then how do we know that? Uh, then how do we know that what it says is worthwhile? Like maybe it's just you know like a Dr. Seuss book where it's a good story and you move on. <laughs> but we so we're so much we're so for preaching the theology so for Mm -hmm. um talking about what the bible says and obviously that's good but not when we're therefore against the intellect or the intellectual side of our faith and that gets lost a lot too when the person communicating that theology and the people who've been studying that theology when that's being impressed upon, especially in the context of a congregation, um, I think where that really gets lost is that those those people might be equipped to go out on the like the ap- applicable part or the intellectual part or the being able to dive deeper into that. Um, mm-hmm. That congregation, for the most part, at least I think we've talked about this too in our experience, they're not really there, and it's not really communicated well enough yeah. Yeah. to be able to send people out, especially. And we have. A lot of conversations about that within our you know modern church structure of how effective is that especially into this context like how right. do you how do you get people fired up how do you send them out um to do the work of the gospel um and so i think a lot of times yes just as you said we've got a lot of really good teachers but again if you don't have a congregation that is also bought in and sewn into the uh, theology as well you're going to have a lot of issues trying to get the intellectual part out of them, especially when you're the only one kind of driving that intellect and there's not that same um, back and forth or that accountability uh, to go along uh, with what you're actually teaching. I, I like what you said right there about having your church buy in to the, to the theology and everything because mm-hmm. it's more than just being there it's more than just hearing it it's it's actually buying into it and putting your effort and your time and your energy into our faith and i think another good example then on that is being so so much for church attendance that you need to be here on sunday you need to be here for youth group on wednesday you need to be here for whatever rather than being being against the uh you know the social isolation i guess we're we're not for church attendance at least we shouldn't be just for the sake of the numbers or the mm-hmm. money or anything we ought to we need to be for church attendance but based on isolation is bad a lack of community is where we will always yeah. fall not having that like going back to what you just said about accountability having that accountability and those other people around but we're so for church attendance maybe that's the reason yeah. But we're not, we, we don't show really that that's why we're against it. We show that like, because this is what we do. Right. And I think that's where we're the last one. I feel like I was kind of hinting at like, this is a, a hardship for the congregation um, or it hurts the congregation in this way. I think right. on this topic, 
this hurts the leadership. This is where it's really easy for your pastors and your shepherds and your leaders of your churches to get really bogged down because then the point becomes about who's here and um, how can we get more people in instead of the focus being on, you know what, these are the people who showed up. These are the people who want to learn, who are wanting to grow in community, who um, want to be a part of what we're doing here. And so not to say, again, not to say that the people who are staying home aren't that. There's a variety of reasons for that or that your church as a whole might not be growing. You may have nobody at home, but you're just a small church and you're not growing. But if your church is um, measuring itself by your church attendance and by your growth in that way, I think you're setting yourself up as a community of believers in a very rough area. That's your lone way of, you know, showing your success rate. And then that kind of rolls into just our last um, uh, little topic that, or example, I guess, of what we had and what we had thought about was churches are a lot of times for the ideal of who we are rather than the reality of who we are. Um, and again, I think this a lot of times goes back to even to our identity, the identity thing we were talking about earlier. But um, I think the ideal is, you know, we have our goals for, you know, our, our churches and our communities, and this is how we want to look like, and this is how we want to grow in Christ. And this is how kind of in your mind, you kind of have that idea as a body of this is how, this is who we should be. This is how it should look. Um, yeah. And you push that and that's not bad to have those goals either. But What's so often missed is the reality of people, the reality of who we are, the reality of the struggle we're in, the reality of the sin that is so easily entangled in us um, and the power that that actually holds um, and the spiritual warfare that we have to fight that a lot of times I think that's neglected and it's easier just to put together a really well done Sunday service or a really well done Bible study or really well done Wednesday night or whatever program that you as a community of believers are able to put together, you know, that Sunday uh, morning men's brunch, you know, whatever that looks like. It's a lot easier to do that than to actually dive deep, dive into the deep end and try to fight the enemy head on with your congregation and with your, not just your congregation, not speaking from a leadership standpoint, but as a congregation with each other dive in deep together to fight those battles i think this is even really shown in just the way we do worship i mean we have completely lost the uh like songs of lament mm-hmm. we don't ever and i i think that there's a it's a very i understand why that's happened because it's mm-hmm. not a very corporate feeling ever when sure. you're when you feel like god has forsaken you not everybody in this church feels that same way so you like it would be kind of weird if you know to sing a song of um God, why are you silent? Why do you hate us? Like, yeah, those are the look. Those are the psalms. Like that is that would not be a wrong thing to sing, if that's how you actually feel that God is being silent and that He is letting you down. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing to tell Him, but we all of our singing is God is great. God loves us. God's gonna win the battle. Mm. Everything's wonderful. Yeah, and. We are so for that. We are so for pushing the the truths of who God is, of what he's going to do, how he wins in the end. And again, good stuff. We should be for that. But we, we sometimes are so for that that we aren't coming against the reality of, of who people are. Like yeah. you said, that it's just that people are, are, be, are being destroyed and we are so bent on yay God rather than 
so yay god and ignoring like what we're talking about the reality of the situation i love what you're talking about i think that leads kind of back into our theology versus intellect aspect as well where i think so often where that ideal is so emphasized and like the ideal of like this is where we could be in christ this is what could happen if you overcome this is what could happen if you're on fire for the lord this is what could happen if we allow the lord into our homes into our communities into our school but that intellect part like what you're talking about maybe that idea of lament doesn't happen on the stage but no one's equipped to actually lament you know and to be actually take advantage of that you know right exactly so we've given some examples here of things that the, uh, whether right or wrong, that the church is against and some things that the church is for. So going back to the question at hand, is our practical theology more about what we oppose or what we support? And so I think we've, we've seen there's, there's both. And I think the biggest thing for me is that there are, there are aspects that are definitely the way, and within a topic that we talked about, there's an aspect that weighs heavy. And there's a main, there's a main part of that that is crucial to our belief in Christ and what we should. Right. When it comes to the theology aspect and like what we're actually talking about, and so like again, if we're going to abortion, it's the heavy part is the killing of babies. The identity part, you know, is the aspect that identity is not in Christ. That's the big part. Um, for like the stuff we we're talking about for the theology is huge. The yeah. ideal I think is huge. Like it is awesome to have those goals, and we should be striving for those goals. Um, however, there are a lot of things within those topics that are overlooked and it takes a lot more work than just, than just pinpointing on the big topic that's at hand rather than diving deep into the actual battle where we're going to find a lot of those other things that support our big motivation either for or against you know the topics that we find on a day-to-day basis you're going to be either naturally for something or naturally against something it depends where where's the locus of your opinion or the locus of truth when we're talking about a certain subject when we're talking about abortion abortion is killing a baby within the womb are we for that or are we against that we are against that mm-hmm. are we for like the opposing stuff yes but the topic is abortion yep so stuff like that we're going to be against it's in that in that instance practical theology is about what we oppose Going down to the uh, to some of the other stuff, um, should we be, you know, wh- when we're talking about um, the goodness of God, yes, we are for that ideal. Mm-hmm. We we're not against that because the locus of the topic is: are we for or against that? Right. Not the the opposite. And so there's there's times when we're talking about individual topics, which is a lot of what practical theology is. Is there's going to be times when we are for it and there's going to be times when we are against it but we need to make we need to make sure we need to be careful that we're not going on a on a one-way road yep. against the topic now it might be a four-lane highway going one direction with a dirt road coming the other but we need to make sure that we're not just simply sitting on one side and ignoring the opposite exactly yep when when we're answering this question though i don't want to encourage people to be against something or to be for something on its own merit. Sure. Yeah. What if we're going to answer this question really big picture? We are for the gospel. We are mm-hmm. for Christ. We are for his forgiveness. We are for the Godhead. Whatever you want to call it, for righteousness, for holiness, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what influences all these other topics. We are not 
we are not against premarital sex because of STDs or because mm. unwanted pregnancies or something. We're mm. against sex because we are for Christ. And what yep. Christ is against, we are therefore against because we align ourselves with him. We put our identity in him. Mm-hmm. We're against those things because we are for Christ. We are for theology because we are for Christ first and foremost. And when we take that, you know, that 10,000 foot view of it, we're, we're not against these things just because we are against them as a s- single topic. We're against them because Christ says, do not do, do not commit sin. And these are sins. Right. And so to answer that question, yes, I think there's, there's times when it's going to be, when we're talking about individual topics, we're for some, we're against some, yes, make the opposite true, but by and large, we're for some things, we're against some things. But when we're taking it as a complete everything, practical theology is about what we are for because Mm -hmm. we are for truth. Right. I think that when you understand what your when you understand what your practical theology drives at, that makes you a more effective follower yourself of Christ, more effective right. disciple, but it also makes you right. a more effective communicator because you know why. It's not like you're just jumping into the battle and for the abortion thing because I think this is big. A lot of Christians are for the um for the social cause of it or they're against abortion because um you know it's they see it as brutal like you said it is brutal but we do it because jesus because christ because god hates that and that's what drives it right right or to the flip side people are for so much for the woman that that's what that topic becomes about and it's no longer driven by okay what is was Christ's heartbreak for in this moment? It right. becomes about what is my heartbreak about in this moment. And some people's hearts break more for the woman. Some people's hearts break more for the baby. And I think practically, sorry, well, yeah, to repeat practical, practically, when you practice your practical theology the best, you understand, okay, as a, defo- as a disciple, I go into this topic with this framework and my heart can break for both the woman and the baby, but I understand from scripture that this is awful what's being done against the baby, and this is what can be understood for the woman themselves uh, in this situation. And so that practical theology can is like is twofold. Right. Just like every other sub-branch of theology, it's all built on that biblical theology. And if mm-hmm. we're just against something or just for something because of the logic or because of our feelings or whatever, that might be the right option to take, but that's not we that's not where we ought to be. We need to be we need to be on a side of an issue because that's where Christ stands. Yep. So like we said, we're gonna do a little bit of a series here. We saw that a bunch of our questions kind of correlated to each other. Um, so do please keep sending in questions. We do write every single one down and we plan on on getting to all of them. It's just a uh, you know a matter of, of flow and and uh, how prepared we think we are mentally to to do some stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, some stuff does we do we have we do have to do some research on it before we um, can just you know talk. We do write down every single one we get, and we do plan on answering everything that we that we get in due time. So, um, uh, thank you to those who have written who have written questions for us. Oh, yeah. uh, please continue to do that. But the the roadmap of where we're going over the next few episodes, um, kind of again, just taking this whole train of thought. We're going to talk next time about uh, biblical theology versus systematic theology. 
Uh, that's not as uh, as deep of a topic as the title sounds. If those words uh, seem like Greek to you, um, so if you have no idea what that means, tune in next time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, following that one, we're going to talk about how much theology a person has to believe or agree with in order to be uh, saved. After that one, we're going to hit how should Christians view little sins that don't affect other people? Quote little, you know, something like. Um, uh, I don't know, like a white lie. And finally, we're going to end this whole five-part kind of little, I guess, series, if you want to call it that, uh, nice. on on can you be saved and despise or hate or just simply refuse uh, the church. And so that's uh, that's where we're going in the, uh, the next uh, few weeks. Again, continue to write uh, us questions. We'll get them written down, and we, uh, we'll do our best to answer each and every one we get. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom. 